You're listening to the Cash Valley Insider, conversations with founders, leaders, and creators about why they live, work, and play in Cash Valley, Utah. The Cash Valley Insider is a production of the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Become a chamber member and learn more at cashchamber.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Chase, and joining me today is Paul Hill, director of the Rural Online Initiative uh, through Utah State University Extension. Thanks for joining me. Good to be here. Thank you for uh, reaching out. Well, appreciate you jumping on and 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 having a conversation today. Um, I think it's especially timely considering everything that's happening with COVID. I, I mentioned this to you before we started recording, but when we initially started having our conversations over Twitter, it was um, we were in a very different world. This was pre-COVID, and we were talking about remote work and and the value of that. And and um, you know, some of my questions to you back then were, you know, what's the value of remote work? You know, what what are the benefits? And now we're in a world where remote work is is really the standard. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about remote work, um, you know, rural online you know, everything that you're doing, your whole world. So do you mind sharing a little bit about your background um, and, and kind of the origin of, of this initiative and, and the position that you're in? Yeah, sure. So I'm currently an extension professor for uh, USU. Uh, I've been here in Washington County for um, almost 10 years. And, um, and so have loved every minute of it. Um, my focus is economic development, specifically in Washington County. Um, and then there was an idea that came from rural, um, you know, there was this, uh, you know, Governor Herbert kind of put out a, a decree in 2017 that just said, uh, you know, the rural communities, you know, as the state has experienced a great deal of prosperity, this prosperity, uh, economic prosperity hasn't been evenly distributed. And uh, looking at the rural numbers, you can see that unemployment rates are, are double in some instances. And uh, this is all pre-COVID, and and uh, and this idea from rural came from a, a county commissioner, and he said, you know, what if we could teach these people to uh, to, to work remote? You know, I, I have a remote business. I hire people from all over the world to edit videos, to write copy, all these things, and they could be right here in in Paiute County. And uh, and, and you know, he went and validated, talked to talked to uh, uh, you know people in his community, and it was like they had never they never really thought about that. They're like, yeah, I, you know, there's, I have a friend that works from home. Uh, another guy works from home, but he's always trying to sell me something. And I don't know if that's like legit and, and I don't want to get ripped off. And so they're kind of skeptical. And, uh, and so, you know, they reached out to me, uh, you know, kind of through connections and said, Hey, could you build a program to teach people in rural Utah how to work remote, whether that's as an employee as an online freelancer or as a, you know, an entrepreneur doing e-commerce. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's put a proposal together. And they were like, this is going to be funded by the legislature. And I'm like, sure it is. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't really believe it was really going to happen. I thought this would be a fun thing to do. Um, I could totally do it and we could build a, an awesome world-class program that uh, really uh, helps connect people in rural Utah and empowers people from rural Utah to uh, to work remote and uh, not be constrained by just the the limits of their geography, the job opportunities in their areas, and and that they'd be able to find really 
well-paying jobs uh, and develop their careers uh, from wherever they lived. Um, and, and, and knowing that broadband connection across rural Utah is relatively good, uh, very good in certain places, better in others and, and, you know, needs improvement. But for the most part, I mean, when you look at our rural communities compared to other states, we're in a really good spot. And, uh, and so this whole thing went together. It was House Bill 327, um, Representative uh, Mike Noel and Senator David Hinkins uh, co-sponsored this bill and it carried it through the House and the Senate. And next thing I know, Governor Herbert signing the, uh, the, uh, the legislation, the bill, and, 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 and then we're developing the program. We're hiring uh, a, a team of people, a team of innovators to, to really go out and, uh, and start delivering this program. And so uh, it got off the ground right away. And, uh, and we've, you know, the first class, I think we, we offered in October of 2018. And we didn't know how this was going to go. We went out, we were telling everyone about it. We had our course, you know, our curriculum developed and ready to deliver. And you know, the first, first, uh, cohort was over 60 people. And mm. from there it's just gone up. And, uh, and especially during the, um, the coronavirus era in the months, uh, you know, April, May, June, it just really spiked, um, and, and in July. And so it's, it's just been, it's been awesome. Uh, there's, there's a need the the participation shows that there's a need, there's a desire. Some people can take the course and jump right into a job and find a job. Other people, they can't really get into that, uh, you know, get into a job right away. They're still working on some skills uh, that they need to develop further. And, and sometimes it's, it might be a, the resource, like they don't have a computer. And so we're, we're partnering with all of our, you know, uh, like state partners, uh, Department of Workforce Services has very, been very helpful, uh, helping get people the, the resources that they, that they need to be successful. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's been very enjoyable. Uh, this, you know, it's a, we were funded on a three-year pilot program and uh, we, you know, we essentially, the, the goal was to prove the concept. Does, does this work? Can we be successful teaching people in rural Utah how to work remote? And after over a hundred job placements in two years, uh, we went back to the le legislature this last session and said, Hey, uh, we're ready to, you know, we, we want to run, not walk. Like we don't need another year to prove this out. Like let's get ongoing funding going. Let's expand to an additional, we were serving 15 counties. Let's, let's expand to uh, an additional six counties and uh, push us up to 21 and, and uh, hire a few more people and, and uh, move this, move this onward. And uh, this state was like, yeah, let's do it. And then coronavirus happened and then they, they rolled back the budget. And then as they started rolling things forward, as we got a better idea of where we were situated as far as uh, the, the economic impact, um, we saw that, you know, rural communities are less diverse than, you know, Utah County, Davis County, Wasatch and so forth. And so these counties, uh, because of the lack of diversity, there's even more of a need. So the rural online initiative was even more relevant, you know, after, you know, in response to COVID after um, the outbreak than, uh, than we were before. And so the, the legislature, you know, the vision that they have, uh, they recognize this. And so they're able to put us back into the budget um, and uh, help us move forward. And so we're excited and, and uh, things are, things are going well. It, it seems like, well, and I'm glad that the legislature agrees this is an essential program, especially right now. Um, no one could have seen, you know, what we're going through right now coming. Um, but, but how interesting that, you know, 2017, you were thinking about this, like this program was being developed. Um, I mean, this, this is, um, I, I can't imagine the, the 
benefit, the value for people who, um, you know, especially in rural communities are accessing this program and maybe feel empowered to be able to go out and, and get a job. Um, I'm sure you've got, you know, endless stories of people who come into this program, maybe feeling like they didn't have any opportunities, um, especially with, with the coronavirus, um, you know, being able to, to come out of this program and, and find a new pathway and find an opportunity. I, I imagine there's a lot of fulfillment in that for you. Yeah. I mean, when going back, just, um, thinking back, I think it was, I started, I became a remote worker. I think I I would say the the moment I started with USU in Washington County. So I'm, I'm closer to Disneyland than I am to Logan. And, uh, and so I, you know, you're figuring it out and, and really USU extension, we're all geographically dispersed. And so we're all remote workers. Yeah. We have offices that we come to and sometimes we, you know, we have the flexibility to work from home as faculty to get our work done. Sometimes getting, you know, I've written million dollar grants from home. And, uh, and so there's no question that you, you can be productive at home and sometimes it's more productive and less interruptions. Um, uh, but yeah, started getting involved in national level, um, uh, work where I'm collaborating with other uh, extension professionals from across the country and other land grants. And so, yeah, you start learning these things. And so I think that's kind of why it fell into our lap. Um, but then as we create the curriculum and we start teaching people, um, it's been amazing to see their, uh, the intensity that they have and their interests because they, you know, our stats coming back over 80% of the people that take our course uh, have been in rural for over three years and have no desire to change. And they're just clamoring for something to, to allow them to stay. They don't want to move. This is where they want to raise their families. Um, you know, a lot of uh, mothers, we're 70% of our participants, over you know, 800 participants have been female with children. And they, they're, you know, they're, they're moved to rural or they're from rural and they're there. They've got their husband, their spouse has got a, uh, an anchor job. They've got the benefits. They're looking to reenter the workforce. Many have not been in the workforce for a long period of time as they've raised children and so forth. And so uh, there has been that desire to get back in. And so one thing I, you know, I think our mission statement was to connect rural communities with remote work. And after like six months, we realized that our, our mission was to empower um rural communities through remote work. And, and we realized that we were empowering families, we were empowering individuals um, because, because they lacked confidence and knowledge about where they can go to, uh, to thrive in rural Utah. And, uh, and so it's, it's been really, really neat and fun to see the impact of individuals. It's great to see the numbers and to say, yeah, we've had well over 100 now. I think it was like the other day, it was like 115 job placements. So we're placing people every single week in, uh, in, in remote jobs behind every number behind every metric is a, is a, is a family, is a person that's able to, to improve their life in rural Utah and thrive. And, uh, that, that, that's ultimate fulfillment there. Um, you know, our team of seven people, we just love what we do and, uh, and we're excited to, you know, peek around the corner and, and see what's coming next. Uh, remote work is, is, is essentially, you know, I don't have to sell that idea anymore. The whole concept. I was always like, you know, this is a legit concept. And they'd be like, oh, tell me more. How are they? How do I know they're not watching Netflix all day? Um, but I don't. I don't have to explain that anymore. Now I'm. I'm explaining to them how how to apply it correctly within their organizations. And these are these are the leaders and the managers. And, uh, and and so that's been that's been outstanding. But uh, but yeah, I mean, coronavirus has um, you know greatly affected the adoption of uh, remote work. I mean, it's, it's put, it's put the whole concept forward 20, 30 years. Uh, I never thought that Utah would, 
you know, and, and anywhere else we would be adopting it so fast. But, um, but it's, you know, I mean, in 2017, it was just kind of like, yeah, this is a really good idea. And, and the, the legislature had that foresight, but I've gotten calls. I mean, I've gotten calls from the governor's office of North Dakota, uh, Missouri, New Mexico, Colorado, Kansas, uh, you know, North, is it, yeah, North and South Dakota, Washington, all these states, all these states are reaching out to us because we were ready. Utah was ready before all this happened. And, uh, and we built something that can scale. And so we're trying to help these other um, states. Uh, but, but, you know, I tell them like our number one priority is Utah. So if you want to jump in on this, like you're gonna have to pony up. And so a lot of states are kind of working, getting their funds together so that they can start investing in our program so we can expand it um, nationwide. Wow. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask, what are some of those, um, national partnerships look like. I know that you're collaborating with um, other extension programs in other states. What do some of those collaborations look like? How, how are you sharing this information? And I mean, you alluded to some of that. What, what do some of those partnerships look like? Well, uh, the other states, when they reach out to us, I mean, just, just you know, jumping on paying, you know, like I think the, the course fee is $200 um, if you're outside of Utah. And so paying that fee, uh, yeah, they could do that. Anyone could. And, uh, and we'll take care of them and they'll get access to the information. But what really makes the difference is that program coordinator. It's that individual connection with someone local that is able to help coach you through, um, whatever issues you need. I mean, we're, our program coordinator coordinators are, are doing mock interviews. They're, uh, they're, they're coaching on resumes. Um, it's, it's a big difference, uh, getting ready for a job interview. That's like, a remote, you know, interview and, uh, and knowing and being able to communicate that you can be trusted, um, to do a job that, um, where someone's not looking over your shoulder, especially when it's your first time and you haven't had that experience before. That's a gamble. And so helping them develop the skill set, And so being able to say, Hey, I've got this, uh, master remote work professional certificate that I got from Utah state university that I know how to work remote that relieves a lot of, uh, managers, uh, you know, worries about this. And so, they, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're helping, we're coaching, we're spending that one-on-one time. Um, there's a lot of online courses and there's some that cost a lot and there's some that costs a little and, and you have absolutely no human touch to it. And we provide, you know, we're high tech, but we're also high touch. And so we're working with each of these individuals and helping them get uh, to where they need to go to close those gaps. And so what we say to our, our out-of-state partners is you need to dedicate, you know, people's time. You know, maybe you hire someone, maybe you, um, you know, recalibrate what their job looks like and, and then have them, you know, get trained by us. And then we're going to have to charge you for that. And then we return those, you know, the, the, the revenue that we generate, we return right to our, our participants in Utah. So not only do they get this really cool, authentic experience of, of going through and uh, a course and being kind of you know, it's, it's meant to mimic being on a remote team and they get to actually work with people who are out of state in different time zones. And so they, they gain that real life experience, uh, which they'll have in the, in the workforce. And, uh, and then those people out, out of the state, they, 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 uh, they pay for the course, they pay for the training and so forth. And, uh, and then we return that to those who need scholarships to pay, to, um, afford, you know, maybe they need to learn some 3d modeling and uh, they want to enhance their skill sets there. So they let us know, we, we look and we say, okay, we've got this much, uh, scholarship funding that we can help you with a skill. We call them skill scholarships. And, uh, and then that way we can, uh, as they get that experience, then they can go on 
and uh, and find a, a better job that's a, a better fit. But there's there's many. I mean, a lot of times, a lot of people think that oh, I have to be a programmer. Um, I have to be a you know C level executive to work remote. It's not the case. I mean, you can work like I like to say if you can talk on if you can talk on the phone, you can work remote. A lot of times you're, you're calling, you're trying to set up appointments, you're doing data entry, a lot of virtual assisting, um, a lot of sales. Um, you know, there's just so much you can do. And if, if you're spending 60 to 80% of your time at the office in front of a computer, your job can be done remote. You need to figure out some VPN, you need to figure out security um, and, and to make sure you know how to manage yourself. And those are the things we teach in the course. Yeah. So with that, what are some of the other topics, skills, what, what else is covered uh, in the course? Yeah. So um, the things that we're measuring and we're seeing a statistically significant increase in, in the skill sets uh, that we're teaching, but it's, it's work-life balance, uh, productivity, problem solving, uh, digital communication is key, using online technologies, uh, working as a team, and then also managing your career. A lot of people like, you know, before this, uh, I, I thought, you know, remote work is very convenient, but it's very much when you look at the literature and the history, it's very much career suicide because IBM said, okay, you can work remote. Same with Best Buy, Yahoo, you can work remote. And it wasn't managed well. And then they, instead of blaming the managers and the leaders of the organization, instead they blamed the whole policy. Come back to the office. If you can't come back to the office, you have to find a new job. And it was like, wait, I just relocated my family, you know, from San Francisco to, to Utah or whatever. And, uh, and then you're trying to adapt. And so um, career management, I mean, it's so critical to, to be proactive. I mean, a lot of times we say with communication, over communication in remote work is just communication. You have to explain because a lot of times people default to, oh, I couldn't get a hold of Chase. So he must be uh, streaming or, you know, playing or not doing his job. And, and you got to be really careful about that as a manager. And, and then we teach that in our leadership course, um, not to default to slacking off or, you know, we still call it working from home or shirking from home. And, uh, and, it's, and so you got to be careful there. And, and we teach how to navigate that to make sure that you're being proactive, you are communicating your impacts, you're showing how you're contributing to your team so that when the time comes, if there is an issue of like, oh, we got to make cuts that, you know, you're, you're uh, beyond, you know, reproach. So I'm glad that you mentioned the the leadership component. Uh, are there a couple different classes or or different classes geared to a different different audience? Um, someone who's just trying to get into rem- remote work versus um, someone who manages a team who needs to understand. Um, okay, how do I better trust my employees to do a good job when they're working remotely? I'm sure that's a a, a huge part of what you cover is, um, you know, leaders trusting their employees to do a good job, even though if they're not in the office. Um, are, are there some different courses or is all of that covered under the same course? Um, there are different courses. So the way it started out is we couldn't just roll everything out right away. Um, you know, we get the funding and then we had to hire the team and move forward. And so immediately it was like, we have to get this course out. And so we focused on the professional course, um, really, you know, we, we knew that there was going to be a leadership component down the road, but the, the you know, we were heads down. Uh, we need to affect um, demand for remote jobs. People in rural Utah did not demand remote jobs. They, it wasn't, it, they didn't really, they needed help understanding what the possibilities were. And so we focused on the professional course, the, it's called the Master Remote Work Professional Certificate course. And uh, that's the one we, we would go out in the communities. We still go out in the communities. We teach all of our program coordinators are, are in Price. They're in Richfield. Uh, they're in, um, you know, Garfield County. 
and uh, and they're they're covering each five five uh, rural counties each, and uh, and so that was the effort uh, to affect affect um, the um, uh, demand for for remote jobs. And we thought, yeah, it shouldn't be a problem to go connect them with jobs in rural in urban Utah. Shouldn't be a problem. Well, you know, after a year, we we looked at our numbers, our stats. Ninety ninety eight percent of the jobs that we placed were outside of the state of Utah. So we were bringing in value added jobs. I mean, that like right there, that's a, that's a bit, that's a couple of businesses, you know, small businesses um, that we brought, you know, say brought to Utah and those jobs, they were coming from Dallas. They were coming from New York, Florida, California, Oregon. We we're coming from all these places. They wanted our talent. I'm like, wait, like Utah companies need Utah talent. We need to do something about that. And so it was like, okay, let's, let's do that next. So um, yeah, we could, we could help people in rural Utah connect to uh, remote jobs in the Wasatch Front, except there just weren't that many. There was hardly any companies that had embraced fully. Um, there's a difference between allowing remote work and adopting remote work. There are people like, we allow it, but but we're not going to hire a remote worker. We'll hire someone, then we'll let them work remote once they've proven themselves in the office. And so that was like a big difference. And so, um, and so we had to, you know, we we're, you know, very much, like we piloted our leadership course in February. And let's see. Yeah, it was February. And then we ran it again in March and right when COVID happened. And ever since then, it's like they've just been knocking down our door trying to take this course. And, uh, and so, you know, the next one gets offered, I think starts at the end of August. And, uh, and so we've only offered it a few times, but everyone, you know, overstock was there people from, uh, uh, I call them purple people, uh, people with purple.com. And uh, even Utah State University, the U, uh, the U of U, all these organizations are like, wait a sec, I supervise remote workers. I need, you know, I'm in the process of hiring. I'm, you know, I'm converting jobs to remote. What, uh, you know, I, I need some professional development here. And so uh, what, what was really cool is um, we, we focus on remote work culture as well as communication, uh, performance management, because there's that component of, I used to manage for presence. Now I'm managing for performance, you know, performance mm -hmm. over presence. And then there's the, then there's conflict management that we address as well as communicating vision and change management. It's, it's very different trying to, you know, steer the ship around when your employees are, you know, geographically dispersed. I think the ultimate uh, challenge to leadership is leading at a distance, being able to have that same influence, if not more, when you're in St. George and the People that work from for you are are spread all over the state, and so um, learning and development is another another component of helping your employees uh, continue to learn, not get stagnant where they are. And so, um, yeah, it was really cool. Like a hundred percent of the people that took our leadership course, these these managers, um, you know, they felt their value as a remote work leader it improved. Like ninety six percent felt empowered to hire remote workers, and over ninety one percent said they were likely to hire. Uh, remote job positions. And so, uh, and they, and they, there was no, one thing I worried about was a bias against people in rural. They're 87% did not feel that there was a bias like that, that, Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to hire someone in rural because they're behind. And, uh, that was one thing that we worried about. And, uh, and that's certainly not the case. They're looking for the best possible talent and they could care less about where they're from. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, what, what are some of the impacts that that you feel like um, you know you, you're tracking all these impacts? I, I think the data that you have is is really impressive. Um, you've mentioned you know having a remote worker in a small town in rural Utah, um, the impact that that has a as 
has on that individual or that family that they're a part of. Um, have you been able to track what the impact is, you know, of, of one individual or a few individuals, you know, doing remote work in that town on, on the rest of the community? Because someone being able to, to bring in a salary into a small community, I mean, that can have ripple effects a, across a community or a county. Do you, do you have any information on that, some of the impacts? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really how we explained um, what, the, what the value of this program is. When you say, yeah, we placed 100 plus jobs in rural Utah, what does that even mean? Because in urban Utah, that's not very much. Um, and and they're, they're, you know, Tyson Chicken was coming to town and uh, they're recruiting all, I mean, and recruiting is a big, big issue in, in urban Utah because we don't have room. And, uh, and then you're incentivizing uh, more businesses to come to urban Utah and then what do they do? They go and they go, oh, well, we're a tech company. We, you know, we recruited Snapchat here. Okay, we're going to go take talent from Adobe, from Ancestry, from Flash. You know, yeah. I am Flash. It just becomes and, okay, and it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, gee, thanks. And so all the people that were here that started here, Qualtrics for one, it's like, hey, wait, we started here. And now, gee, thanks, you know. And so, yeah. um, so we, you know, uh, many state leaders will say there is no need to offer incentives to recruit people to urban Utah. We'll offer incentives to get people to rural Utah. But um, what is the difference between one job in rural versus one job in urban? And so what's really cool is the Governor's Rural Partnership Board uh, put together what, you know, what what a job is worth in, in rural Utah as compared to the Wasatch Front. And, uh, and so what they refer to that as like the economic equivalency of, uh, you know, relative to urban counties. And so, you know, one, one, uh, one job in, say, Paiute County is would uh, would require 740 jobs in the Wasatch Front to have that same economic impact um, as you know as that wow. one job. And so when you bring that one job to Paiute County, it makes a huge huge difference. Um, you know, I'll just rattle some off. Uh, Emory County that's equivalent to about 74 jobs. Um, you know, compared to the Wasatch Front. Um, same with Kane County, 74. Uh, another like 740 in Daggett and, and Paiute. Um, you know, five in Washington County. I mean, you just have to look at the population. Paiute and Daggett, I mean, these are, you know, 1,500 people are in these counties. Um, and, and some of these other ones are small, but you have to be able to compare apples to apples. And, uh, and so this, this index is, is able to do that. That was prepared by the governor's office and the Department of Workforce Services. And so um, what's really, really cool about, um, about this is it allows us to compare uh, apples to apples versus like apples to oranges and say, Oh, a well, hundred jobs. It's not very much. Like all you have to do is say, well, we'll, uh, you know, how much did we invest in this program? Divide it by the number of job placements and say, well, you guys, sorry, you know, you cost too much per job placement. But when you look at with our program at the time, it was, uh, I reported to the governor's rural partnership board. We had had 109 placements. That was just a few weeks ago. And, um, and the, that was equivalent to over, uh, it was 3,894 jobs um, um, relative to urban counties. Hmm. And that's huge. If we were able to pull in that many jobs in urban, that's a big deal. That would make the front page of the Tribune like, oh, we've got this company or a couple of companies um, that are going to bring these jobs. And so it's so important when you're looking at rural, rural will always lose when it comes to like the metrics when we're compared to urban. It's just, you just always will. A county like Richfield is never going to compare in growth um, to, you know, Orem. And, uh, and so you have to use these indexes to see, Hey, what's our, uh, you know, what are our, what's our real um, job creation or placement rate. And, uh, and then lo also looking at, okay, 
it takes time to get a remote job. Remote employers, like people who are organizations that allow remote work and have adopted remote work, um, they're very slow about their hiring process. And so, um, you know, 76% of those who haven't found jobs yet um, intend to seek remote work. And so we're following up at three months, six months, a year to find out, hey, did you get that job? And then we're able to um, calculate, okay, now what county are they in? And then we multiply that by the um, the economic equivalency of, of those jobs. So um, it's only that way that you're able to really communicate the impact. But there's so much more. I mean, we're, we're, we're calculating, um, we're measuring their gains in knowledge, changes in attitudes, um, increases in skills, and then really most importantly, what are their aspirations? Because we talked about the brain drain, the rural urban migration. Um, young people, we've got a, a new course just for young people uh, kids under 18 that are still in high school that's teaching them about remote careers. So we've got every, every week they're, they're chatting with remote workers from Microsoft, from NASA, from Google and, and YouTube. And we bring in all these people and, uh, and they're able to ask them questions and they're like, wait a second. So they're starting this, this, this uh, switch is getting flipped where they're like, wait, I could, I could live here. Um, I don't have to leave. Or if I leave and get my education at, you know, hopefully USU, I can come back. And uh, I can still have a really rewarding career. I'm not limited by, by my geography. Oh, I, well, I'm sure you're watching this very closely, but um, I mean, most, most companies have, have been forced to allow remote work for the safety of employees, right? Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to me to see how many of them allow remote work to stick. I mean, we're seeing a lot of the large tech companies have, have come out with policies. You know, Twitter in particular was, was the big one, right? They came out and said, our employees can work remotely forever, right? Uh, Facebook has come out recently and, and, you know, said something similar, but n not as drastic, right? Not all employees. Um, you know, how, if you could pull out your crystal ball, do you see a lot of these companies um, continuing to allow this kind of a policy? Or, or once we get to a point um, hopefully in the near future of, you know, a, a safe environment to go back to work. Um, do you see companies pulling back on that? I guess, what, what are you seeing, um, you know, coming down the pipe? Yeah. I mean, I don't need a crystal ball. Like, Cause I can, I feel like I could tell you exactly how it's going to play out. Um, so right now it's, it's very, very interesting. There's been a, several Silicon slopes companies who, who, um, you know, were not prepared. They admitted I, we were not prepared for this. No one we know was prepared for this. You know, while it's not adoption, it's like forced adoption. It's a, it's a forced um, uh, period of trial ability. But what trial ability does, in, you know, when you look back to, this is, goes back to theory of diffusion of innovations. Like um, if, if you try something out you're more, and you have a good experience, you're more likely to adopt uh, later on. And so that's where we're at now. Uh, one thing that I caution uh, businesses on is becoming experts too soon. So immediately within a month or two, a lot of these Silicon Slopes uh, tech companies were like, we weren't really adopting remote work. They didn't have it as a formal workplace practice. All of a sudden we're becoming, they were hosting webinars on how to, how to lead remote teams and how to be a productive remote worker. And I'm like, uh, you've been doing this for two months, you know? And, uh, and, and so I'm sure you've learned some things, but many have not realized that they're in this adoption, uh, this, oh, sorry, this uh, honeymoon phase where everything's hunky-dory. Um, people are working hard. They're actually, employees are working harder. And that's when, one of the issues is managers will figure out is that um, 
or, you know, the question of which they've been asking since the 1970s and say, you know, with the oil uh, embargo from the, you know, OPEC was, oh, we got to, you know, conserve energy and we'll let people work from home. And then they started saying, well, how do we know they're going to work from home and be productive? And we've been, you know, and a lot of like managers were still having that concern. They, they haven't followed the literature, which is fine. They, why should they? But um, they're asking the same questions. And largely it's been resolved that productivity increases, job satisfaction increases, um, you know, work-life balance increases. We see, we've seen those historically through the literature, through the research uh, from the early 2000s up until today. Um, other issues that we're starting to uncover is isolation overworking, you're actually more likely to overwork and not underwork. So a manager that has the sense to say, Hey, you know, make sure I see that you're logging into Slack and you're, and you're dropping, you know, you're dropping me DMS at 1130. You, you actually have to tell your coworkers, your workers to stop working so hard because they're going to burn themselves out. And then they're going to say, you know, it was, it's just easier to go work at a place where the, the separation from work and life is, is, is just clear. I need those boundaries. And so what we're going to see is, is we're going to get over this honeymoon phase. Um, people are working really, really hard right now, but they're going to get burned out. We're, we're, we've all got kind of some cabin fever going on. And, uh, and so we're, you know, of course they're going to come back to the office, but is remote work? Are people going to stay hundred percent remote? Yes, some will. Um, we're going to start seeing many come back to the office, but then we're going to see this maintaining this, um, remote work policy that allows them the flexibility is what they really need. Cause sometimes you need that reprieve from home. Like I know I, I, I'm here in my office right now because I have four sons that are 10 and under and it's really hard to get work done. And yeah, I can, I do establish those boundaries when I work from home, but for the most part, like you do need some uh, boundaries set between home and, and life. And it's sometimes it's really good to have that commute, um, not every day. And so we're going to see these, these policies um, uh, continue uh, where you're like, oh, hey, you know, you have the flexibility, you can come in for meetings. And then you can work from home on certain days. And if you if you want to move to rural Utah, I mean, by all means. But you know, we're going to have our annual uh, meeting, and you know, you should be here for that, or, or you know, a couple times a year. Um, but uh, the the other thing is that uh, we we have seen clearly that remote work for continuity of business operations, which is it started in the federal government, and we were like, hey, we need to be more decentralized in case there's a, a one a, a global unrest terrorist attack. Um, you know, if there, a hurricane comes in. Um, and so it's really good for a continuity of business operations. And when you're, when you look at it from an emergency preparedness standpoint, uh, you have to, you know, emergency preparedness is only, only works when you practice it regularly. And so it's not this big surprise about, oh no, you know, we're, we're ripping <laughs> cords out of the wall and, and telling everyone to go home because we weren't ready for this. Uh, instead, uh, you have this contingency plan and it's important to practice it. So Say we have the plan, we've adopted it as a formal workplace uh, policy, we have procedures in place, you should practice it every month. Maybe, maybe it's like we want you here, but a few times a month we want you to work from home so that it's not just this huge uh, change when, uh, when something uh, comes up. Um, and especially when, when you do find out, Hey, there's someone, uh, you know, when you are feeling say symptomatic, maybe it's just a regular flu or a cold or, or whatever, but you're contagious, um, or you need to take care of your kid that's contagious. So you don't have to use a sick day. You could work from home. And so we're going to start seeing that flexibility, which is ultimately what people want. Not everyone wants to be able to work from home hundred percent of the time. Uh, but we want, but what we do want is we want that flexibility and, uh, and we need to figure out how to manage people. Um, and, and with that flexibility to ensure that we're managing for performance over presence, because where we're work gets done these days, it really has zero 
you know, relevance to, um, you know, to the, to the quality of the work. And so uh, that's, that's where I see things, see things going. And there's lots of other things going on, but uh, that's the one thing the managers need to be aware of is, is, you know, is this here to stay? It's like, of course it's here to stay. It's been here for a long time. If, if it's new to you, then unfortunately you're, you're a laggard. If you had to adopt remote work and you had no plan in place in 2020, I'm sorry, but we've, remote work's been going strong since well before the, you know, the turn of the century. So you're kind of late, you're catching up, which is great. It's never been a better time. It's never been less risky. Um, and, and there's never been less uncertainty because the technology has never been better. And I totally get people, you know, kind of holding off on this. Um, but now is the time to really embrace it, uh, develop those skill sets and, uh, you know, uh, tr- start really trusting employees uh, and, and teams to, to get their job, their work done. Um, no matter where they're they're located, right? So I, I'm going to bring this conversation back to back to my home a little bit here in here in Cache Valley. We're not part of rural Utah. I mean, we we kind of crossed that um, that tier, I guess. I mean, we're we're a, a mid-sized community. We're not Salt Lake. We're not you know, but we're not you know, Daggett County. Um, you know what what are the opportunities that you see for uh, kind of these mid-size um, I'd say satellite communities. I think Cache, Cache Valley is interesting because you have Sardine Canyon that cuts us off where we almost become Southern Idaho more than Northern Utah. Um, so there is some separation there, which, which leads to, um, I, I think, a difficulty in recruiting companies to the area, right? It's like you're an hour and a half north of Salt Lake and then you've got the canyon. Um, so you may be less access to the airport. Um, you know, there's some distance there. Um, so, so I think there's been some challenges in, in those regards to, to recruitment of talent, but you also have a massive talent pool and educated workforce at the university. Um, but as we've mentioned, you know, myself included, right, went to Utah State and the mentality for me was, well, you go to Cache Valley, you get an education and then you leave, right? That's just the idea that's been uh, perpetuated. And I don't know where that comes from, but um, do you see... Um, what are the opportunities that you see for some mid-sized communities or satellite communities like a, a cash valley to take advantage of remote work to maybe stem the tide of the, the brain drain and, and retain some of these uh, highly educated employees um, in, in our communities? Well, I mean, cash County is very similar to where I'm at in Washington County. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, the same concept like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get my degree and then I'm going to leave. And, uh, and if you want to make it, you got to move to Provo, Salt Lake, you know, the Silicon Slopes. Um, but yeah, I mean, as an emerging, as an emerging county, uh, that's, that's becoming more and more, I mean, Washington County certainly isn't urban, um, you know, hundred percent, it's certainly not rural. Um, but there are rural communities scattered throughout, you know, the, the county seat, uh, just like cash. And so, um, so yeah, this, this is remote work as a, economic development strategy. Um, businesses, you know, the, the CEO of Instructure at one of the Silicon Slopes uh, tech summits a few years ago said, I will set up a satellite office wherever I can find 30 pro- programmers in a room. And whether those are programmers, whether those are nurses, you know, electrical engineers that are, you know, involved in, you know, mechanical engineers involved in aerospace and shooting satellites, um, you know, in, into the into orbit. I mean, the talent is everything. And so the, the businesses, the, the eyeballs, they follow the talent. And so it's 
so important to focus on building the talent and, and, and making sure that that talent knows where their opportunities are. And so remote work as an economic development strategy, not just like this willy nilly, oh, hey, we're, we're going to uh, teach some people about this and hopefully they can stay in their rural communities. No, I mean, this is a legit strategy that, um, you know, I just got a call from, uh, from an economic development company today in uh, Kentucky. And they were like, whoa, we we're just realizing that if we get people to work remote, they can stay here. And then we don't have negative, uh, you know, net migration going on. And, and it's the same problem in Nebraska and Kansas and all that. And so, and, and it's, it's the problem. I mean, luckily everyone in you, like a lot of people in Utah want to stay in Utah, but they, and they want to stay in Beaver County. They want to stay in, you know, they want to live in paradise, but then they're like, wait, uh, the job's over here. I, I just had a neighbor move in, um, in, in hurricane, uh, where I live. And, uh, he's, you know, I was talking to him. I was like, so where are you from? He's like, Oh, um, Logan. Now I work for this, um, the tech company. And I was like, Oh, and they just let you work remote. He's like, yeah, yeah, totally was cool with it. I'm like, that's great. And so, um, and so, you know, I mean, you could live wherever and still work for a company in, in, uh, in cash. And so that way you're, you know, we all recognize that the best talent in the world does not all live in the same zip code. And so being able to have access to the best talent in the world, um, and, and being able to bring them to, to Utah, if you need to, um, great. But, um, but yeah, I mean, as a, as a strategy, we, we in Washington County are trying to attract for the longest time. It was always like, you know, Washington County was, uh, Hey, come here and retire. And then we were like, cool, we got these uh, retirees. They're going to spend all their money here. Actually, well, they're going to buy a house here and then they're going to travel and go other places. But you get a remote worker to come to Washington County. They're going to raise their kids here. Their kids are going to go to school here. Um, maybe they'll even go to, you know, college at USU or, you know, for cash or Dixie state or SU down here. Um, and, and, but they're going to play football. They're going to be in dance classes and they're really going to spend their money. My, I have two neighbors on either side of me. One works for Microsoft and another one works for IBM and they both have big families. And I'm like, what a great win for Washington County. Um, not only are we getting someone who's gets paid a lot more that brings up the, the wage, but they're contributing so much to the community as volunteers. And they're also raising their families here. And, uh, and I think that if we play off, we build these communities, you know, you know, when we asked them, why did you come here? It was like, oh, well, trail system. And then they came from Vegas and they were like, oh, it's safe here. And I'm like, oh, I never thought about safety as something that would attract people. Cause I just took it for granted. And, and so they, they love the trails. They love the, the state parks. There's so much beauty and, uh, in cash and cash that so many mountain bike trails that you're going to be able to attract people for this adventure, this, this active lifestyle. And, uh, and, and you, and you saw it yourself, like you, you didn't want to leave. Uh, you came here and you didn't want to leave. Well, it's like, you don't have to leave now. And, uh, if you want to take your career somewhere else, um, you can do that from, uh, from wherever. And so, and so what I'm trying to now do is, is to help get, um, you know, our broadband infrastructure, um, improved and, uh, and really develop our parks and, and, and marketing our area, uh, here in Washington County is a, play, a great place to raise a family. And uh, when people realize that they can live in a wonderful place that they love, and, and when we attract a lot of people from the senior games, uh, from Utah summer games, and we, we do all this stuff and then they, they want to stay here. And, uh, and then, and then they want to get a, a house in cash for the, uh, <laughs> for the, for the summers, but, uh, Hey, that works. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much a strategy that's new and innovative that hasn't really been done before, but we couldn't have done it before because we didn't really have, uh, the infrastructure in place to do that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, is, is business recruitment dead? No, absolutely not. But 
business recruitment when you focused on talent um, with the tech skills and you're building that STEM pipeline. That's why it's like so good to hear about youth robotics and computer science programs for the young people um, because those are the skills that are going to allow them to stay in Utah and it still contribute to the economy, whether they're working for a company in St. George or, or Provo. Well, you alluded to this a little bit, but maybe kind of wrapping up our conversation a little, um, wh- where do you see the future? I know you're working on broad, uh, broadband issues um, and, and providing more access. What, what are you looking forward to in the future? Um, you know, what are you working on as you continue to grow this, this program and advocate for rural Utah? Um, some of the things that we have uh, in the pipeline, so I alluded to the, the youth, so uh, negative net migration is an issue. And the w- way that we're addressing this is in the summers, offering uh, summer program, these we call them 4-H remote skills camps for college and career readiness. Um, and so what we're doing is we're teaching the, the youth about um, a lot. It's, it's hard to change adults' behavior. Uh, it just is. And uh, But with the youth, if we start now every summer, uh, maybe even throughout the year when they're not as busy during school, um, we can help them develop those remote skills, then geography matters less and less. And then they're, they're more focused on like, hey, I want to be able to come back here. Because so many, I, I, if you ever met anyone from Gunnison, they all want, if they're not living in Gunnison, they want to move back to Gunnison. Mm. And I'm like, I need to go to Gunnison and figure this out because I don't understand. I mean, we've got, you know, a Lieutenant Governor Cox who commutes from Fairview every single day up to the Capitol. Uh, you know, I found out he works remote like on Fridays um, and, and probably more now. But, um, but there's just, it's wonderful to live in a rural community. I live in Hurricane. I love it. It's, it's, it's perfect. My wife's from there. I'm never going to be able to leave. Uh, but that's not a, bl- a bad place to be stuck. And, uh, and so if we can change that mindset that I have to leave to get a better job and to provide for my family, um, because we've got intergenerational poverty, uh, we've got the opioid epidemic, we've got these issues, these serious issues in rural that can be addressed when we give people hope, when, we, when they get jobs, when they can provide for their families. Um, there, there's so much opportunity. And so it's there. We need to connect them. Um, we're also working on some curriculum for uh, incarcerated populations uh, because when you're, when you're coming out and you've got a record, it's really hard to get a job. And so freelancing, working on a skill set, if you can do graphic design, if you have a record, um, you can still design my business cards and my website. I don't care if you have a record because you're off wherever you are and, and, and we're not going to have a problem. Um, and then also entrepreneurship and helping get, so we're, we've got an e-commerce course that's teaching people in rural Utah businesses, business owners, business leaders in rural Utah, how to sell products online. We saw from the, uh, from the coronavirus that when, when uh, you have a business in Garfield County and you're reliant on buses full of um, Chinese, uh, Japanese tourists that are coming in and then all of a sudden it stops and you've got inventory, how are you going to unload that? They had no idea, like, what should I do um, with all this inventory? I've got to move it. And so it's like, you should be selling that online. Okay, well, how? And so we're trying to help businesses um, start selling um, uh, start selling their products online. And this all goes back to economic diversity. When, we, when our rural communities are more economically diverse, they can, they can handle, um, they, can re- they can recover from economic injury, uh, from the, you know, the plights of a global recession, um, in, in, you know, in, as a result of a pandemic or, or, or another one, maybe war, or maybe uh, some other issue. Um, and, and you're able to, as you diversify your, your revenue streams, um, 
you're going to be able to be in a better position. And it's just, you know, it's just like investing with, with, uh, you know, making sure you've got your, yes, yeah, so it's important to have precious, uh, precious metals, but it's also important to, to, to have bonds and stocks and so forth and mutual funds. Um, and so what, that's what we're trying to do with rural. And so I see a day where rural is just as vibrant as it ever was is, is, uh, these, these communities are just vibrant. Young families are there. They're contributing. They're not struggling to find someone and begging someone to serve on the city council, that there's actually competition and that uh, people are trying to make the best of these communities. And, uh, and then they become great places to, to visit, but also to stay. And, uh, you know, we see more students, you know, graduating from Snow College and transferring to USU. We see more, um, more USU grads moving back to their rural communities, getting these degrees in, in uh, precision agriculture and coming back and starting these businesses. I want to see uh, entrepreneurship uh, really just take off in rural and it and we see in rural communities there's high levels of entrepreneurship of, of sole proprietors of business owners uh, that's how you have to survive you have to have that kind of grit in rural if we can connect them to global markets all the better if if the you know the the wife has got her her ag business the husband can go and and do um you know, do a job that's online and that that's bringing an income to the family, but still be there to coach their kids, uh, little league team and, and, and to volunteer as a 4-H club leader. So there's so much possibility in rural. Uh, you know, you even look at the, the housing issue of like, oh my gosh, we're boxed in on the Wasatch Front. It's so expensive to live. Well, well what if you could just live, if your job's portable, what if you could just live where you can afford that? Yeah, you could have a house on five acres in Duchesne County in a great community um, if you can move your job there and, uh, you know, travel into Salt Lake a few times a month, um, that would be ideal. And so I think we're going to start to see, um, and we're already seeing it, employers being more flexible. We became more innovative. We adapted. And, uh, and, and ultimately, 10, 15 years down the road, our communities are better off for, for uh, adapting and uh, innovating in the, in the, you know, in the face of uh, this, this extreme hardship. So future's bright. Well, I, I'm glad that you, you left it on a bright note. I, I think we need more of that. We need more voices like this, um, like yours, um, sharing an optimistic future. Um, and I see that as well. So um, how, how do people stay in touch with you? Um, how do people go in and, and access the course? Where, where's the best place to point people? Yeah, I would just say go to remoteworkcertificate.com. That's remoteworkcertificate.com. There's all our courses up. Um, we have our professional course for those wanting to get a remote job. We have our leadership course. The big deliverable at the end of that course is, is creating a remote work plan for your organization. So you're putting into practice. Um, we've seen people who've taken the course who get promoted because they're like, oh wait, you took a remote work course. Like we're going through this change. Like, can you lead out on it? And now you'll be a vice president. And it's like, oh, I'm so glad I took this course. So, uh, so yeah, um, go, go to our website. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, uh, remote work USU, same on Twitter, remote work USU. Um, I'm on, I'm on Twitter as well at Paul Hill underscore IO. And so you can, uh, you know, tweet at me. I like to share anything related to remote work alternative. I do research on alternative workforce, uh, work, workplace arrangements and uh, really looking and interested in that space of like how do organizations innovate and, uh, you know, not only just in their operations with remote work, with respect to remote work, but also in products and, and, uh, and new markets. So uh, lots of, lots of cool things that 37% of the, uh, the workforce uh, currently is, is involved in, in remote work. And so is it possible? Absolutely. Uh, should you try it? Yeah. Give it a shot. And, uh, and uh, if you have any questions, you know, reach out to us. 
Well, that's great. Paul, thanks for taking time. You've been generous. Um, yeah, appreciate you taking time and, and sharing a little bit more about everything that you're building. It's exciting. Thanks for the, for the invite. Thanks for listening to the Cash Valley Insider. For more conversations, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found.